morning. This is Lisa coming to you from the ILL, the Edwin Elder Library. And in this podcast, we do uh, book reviews, uh, which turn out to be memory prompters to me. Uh, So as I'm reading along, I'll add things that pertain to my life and hopefully will be a benefit to you to hear the testimonies and to know that he who began a good work in us is able to complete it. So we know that God works all things together for the good, for his good, for the kingdom. What things that he can mold and make us to be instruments of praise unto him, to bring him glory and to point others to the cross. That is our goal and our desire here on this podcast. We're reading on page 236 out of When God Doesn't Make Sense by Dr. James Dobson. Holding on to your faith even when God doesn't make sense. Dr. James Dobson was America's foremost family counselor. That's what it says on the book. David returned to that thought. We read that part. Psalms 103.11 For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. Another favorite passage is Romans 8.26 in which we're told that the Holy Spirit actually prays for you and me with such passion that human language is inadequate to describe it. That verse says, In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself make an intercession for us with groans and words cannot express or utter. What comfort we should draw from that understanding. He is calling your name. He is speaking for you. He is describing your situation. How wrong it is, therefore, to place the blame for your troubles on your best friend. Regardless of other conclusions you draw, please believe this. The Lord is not the source of your pain. If you were sitting before me at this moment, you might be inclined to ask, then how do you explain the tragedies and hardships that have come into my life? Why did God do this to me? My reply, which you've read in previous pages, is not profound, but I know it is right. God usually does not choose to answer those questions in this life. That's what I've been trying to say. He will not parade his plans and purposes for our approval. We must never forget that he is God. As such, he wants us to believe and trust in him despite the things we don't understand. It's that. It's that straightforward. That's what it is. He wants us to believe and trust in Him, despite the things we don't understand. Jehovah never did answer Job's intelligent inquiries. He will not respond to all of yours. Every person who ever lived has had to deal with seeming contradictions and enigmas. You will not be the exception. If that explanation is unsatisfactory and you can't accept it, then you are destined to go through life with a weak, ineffectual faith or no faith at all. You'll just have to construct your castles on some other foundation. That will be your greatest challenge. However, because there is no other foundation, it is written, unless the Lord builds the house, the labor labors in vain. Psalms 107, verse 1. My strongest advice is that each of us acknowledge before the crisis occurs, if possible, that our trust in Him must be independent of our understanding. There's nothing wrong with trying to understand, but we must not lean on our ability to comprehend. 
Sooner or later, our intellect will pose questions we cannot possibly answer. At that point, we would be wise to remember his words. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Isaiah 55, 9. And our reply should be, not my will, but yours be done. Luke 22, 42. When you think about it, there is comfort in that approach to life's trials and tribulations. We are relieved from the responsibility of trying to figure them out. We haven't been given enough information to decipher the code. It is enough to acknowledge that God makes sense, even when he doesn't make sense. Does this approach seem simplistic, like an explanation we would give a child? Yes, and for good reason. Jesus put it like this, I tell you the truth, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. Luke 18 and 17. That's on page 238. Acts 2.38 Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Anytime I say 2.38, I quote that verse. You know, um, it's so true. I do child care, and I know that the innocence of the children, and sometimes the <laughs> mischievousness of the children, it's the one that's like, how does their minds think? What do they think? What goes on in those little minds? And the ones that can't even talk yet, you know, they just look in. It's like, what are they thinking? Or when they sleep and if they, if they, um, you know, have, you're like, what are they dreaming about? What are they thinking about? You know, it's just their innocence and um, their smiles, their smiles and just um, their kind, their just the little tiny hands, the little tiny um, pitter-patters of their feet, the ones that can walk. It's just, they're just so precious. And you know, we're like that to the Lord. We are precious in His sight. He loves us, and He doesn't like us to hurt, but He wants us to trust Him, just like those little children have to trust me. To trust me, and my daughter Melissa helps me in child care. Um, trust us to change their diapers when they need change to give them their bottles the ones that get fed with bottles uh, the other ones to put out their lunches for the, the bigger kids all their different needs that they need they trust us and when we say take a little nap when you when you when you wake up you can play again and they trust that when they wake up that we're gonna let them play again and we do and so um but the, you know and that's the that's like the Lord. Sometimes we may have to go through a trial, but He's going to bring. He's going to make it good again. Joy. He says, "Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning." We have to trust God that that morning is going to come. We are going to get out of these troubles. Uh, that He shall dry every tear from our eyes. And I'm going on to the a year of my husband being gone. A year ago this time, he was in so much agony and pain and. He had um, bronchitis, pneumonia, something. He At first he thought it was just the seasonal allergies because every year he got sick, but this time it wasn't letting up. And it's just, um, it's really hard. <laughs> it's like, I don't want to let him go, but then I don't have to let him go. I mean, yes and no. I have to let him go in the fact that he's never going to, it's not going to be like it was. But yet, um, I'm, I'm, in the process of writing a book about him and I have his um, journals that he wrote in sermons songs that he sang on YouTube and I still have a lot of my
my husband and will be with me. And uh, somebody said, oh, you're, um, I was, nobody has said this. I'm just thinking that maybe speculating, which I'm not supposed to do. But if someone would say, I've escaped into my escape, into uh, uh, something that's not reality. Well, that's what we do when we read books. Um, And, um, you know, it's just, we each have our own ways of how, how to cope. And so. It's just like a fine line. And we've got to not worry about what other people think. We've got to do what's best for us. And uh, like I'm still reading. uh, Well, I finished the book um, To Live Again. But I'm still got to do the book um, A Man Called Peter. The um, Catherine Marshall books that were. It's at the bottom of my stack right now. (laughs) I've got other books piled on top of it. Um, But I need to go through some of that and keep working on my husband's book that I'm writing, a man called dot dot dot, his name is Timothy Mark Peter, and uh, but he always used those ecolepsis, that what it's called, when, every time my husband wrote, you can see, I, he always used lots of dots, I do too, but it, I, I probably learned it from him but it's like the continuing thought, if you don't know what to say, you just put some dots, but um, what was I, where was I going with this, oh in, in Catherine Marshall book, she said that um, after her husband passed, you know, that verse in the Bible, Jesus said, it is expedient that I go away. And um, I had had that thought. And I wrote, in fact, I wrote that in my, um, one of my journals before I got to it in Catherine Marshall's book about my husband. He had to leave so I could write his book. And that's basically what she had with hers. And so um, it's, <laughs> sometimes life doesn't make sense. I've had people tell me, Oh, you know, you need to move on. I don't know. Have any idea what they're what they're meaning by that? Oh, I do in a way. My cousin, one of my cousins, um, her mother uh, is getting remarried because her uh, her my uncle passed away a day before my dad passed away last year, which was two weeks after my husband passed away. A lot of deaths last year, but my my aunt is getting remarried, and my cousin <laughs> people. It's something else, but no, I am, I got the, a book to write for my husband. I've got to keep on keeping on. I have no desire for the other. So, anyway, I don't know why I said all that, but anyway, when God doesn't make sense, we just trust God. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus, just to take him at his word, just to know, just to rest upon his promise, just to know the said and on my Sunday devotionals, I'm talking about promises. Talking about the promises of God. The promises. You know, all the promises in the Bible. God promised us. He said He'd never leave us nor forsake us. So when God doesn't make sense, just remember, God is with us. He has a plan. He has a purpose. Well, you have a wonderful day. God bless you. Love you all.